For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn. Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group will be your guides for straight talk and honest answers about living the life you deserve in retirement. So prepare to be empowered. Now, here are your show me the money hosts, Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, and Jeff Shade. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and I'm just here to ask the questions, but of course the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. I'll start with you, Randy. How you doing this fine morning? Doing very well, Jeff. Happy to be here. I am happy to be here with you as well too. And Jake, how's this Saturday morning treating you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Thanks for asking. Well, this is a great morning, and I'm so glad that everybody had a chance to join us here. I really love this time of year. I know that we've spoken about it before, but it is early October, and the leaves are falling. The temperatures are falling a little bit. There's a little bit of frost on the pumpkin, and I just can't wait for the holidays because they're going to be here before you know it. And I know, Jake, this is one of your favorite times of the year, too, right? It absolutely is, Jeff. I think, you know, you wake up, and it's in the 40s, and the middle of the day, it's in the 60s or 70s. It's hard to beat that. But one of the best things about this time of year is this is when the big brown trout start to head north up toward Table Rock Dam. Really? Yeah, Lisa and I were out fishing. The big Uh, ugly ones. We were out. Yeah, that's true. We were out fishing (laughs) and they're out in force. There's some monsters out there. We caught several fish. We caught a lot of fish over the last couple of months, but Lisa hooked one that broke off. I mean, right away. So pretty good sized fish. I'm going to say a five or six pounder probably is what she had there. So anyway, that's this is good time of the year yeah. uh, for that. And of course, all the hunters out there are getting ready to go out and take their big buck or their doe, whatever they're looking for. So Keep it's us safe exciting. on the roads. Yeah, exactly. Well, speaking <laughs> of the fishing there, I know Lisa's so excited, Randy, that you said she gets up early, like four in the morning, and she's organizing her tackle box and all of her flies. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. In fact, she said this morning, I got up, you know, because she got up at 3.30. Don't ask me why, but I got up about, <laughs> about an hour and a half later this morning, about five o'clock, and I said, what have you been doing? She said, oh, I've just been organizing my fly box. She says, I can't believe how excited I am about fishing this fall. <laughs> she is a gem. I mean, she is one in a million woman. I'll certainly say that. And she gets up early with you, but she blames you because she didn't always get up that early, right? This is true. Yeah. <laughs> Way back in a previous career when I was in corporate America before we opened this business, I had to get up really early. There was some bakery companies that I would sell their ingredients and things to them. So I had to get to see them really early in the morning. So all the way out the door, I would say, hey, something like, you know, get up, you lazy lurk. Well, she's she's never forgotten that. So. <laughs> you reap what you sow, sir. <laughs> there you go. Well, she's a lovely person. You're a lovely person as well, too, uh, Randy, and you too. Jake. I mean, hardworking people, and we can really relate to that in this part of the country. We've got a lot to talk about on today's show. There was a movie, I recall, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, I believe, and don't hold me to this, that it starred Jimmy Stewart. I'll have to check on that. But Jake, I understand that Mr. Floyd went to Washington last week. Is that not right? Yes, I did. I took Elizabeth and Trevor, and we went on a little vacation. Trevor's a big uh, history buff. He's almost uh-huh. 12 now, but he loves our country. He loves history, American history, World War II history. And so we went up there, and we spent about a week and went to a lot of the museums, saw the monuments, and just kind of took in you know, the history of America. You know, Around here, if something's 100 years old, it's pretty old, you know, but... You know, you go to Washington, there's lots of things that are three and four and 500 years old. You know, if you go out to Europe, you know, you find things that are thousands of years old, you know, right. so it's, it's all, it's all perspective. But, you know, I have to say I was, I was pleasantly surprised with, you know, how people were and how clean everything was mm-hmm. and the lack of homeless population invasion, right. at least with the main part of Washington there. It was, uh, it was really good. I was, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but it was much better than I expected. I will say that I will probably never be driving in Washington, D.C. because yeah. people are maniacs up it, it there. It is terrible. It is terrible. Um, but it is a great place to visit. I mentioned that movie, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, 1939 movie, and it's about the conflict between American ideals and actual political practice. I mean, that kind of rings true today, or does it not? Uh, I'd say that rings very, very true today. I certainly wish somebody else had been in the White House whenever I was up there. I wasn't aware of this, actually, but when you go to the White House now, there's a 
probably 12 or 15 foot high, huge black steel or wrought iron or some kind of fence around the White House where you can't get anywhere near the lawn or anything. And you have to have a pass ahead of time to be able to go into the White House and things, you know. I was actually not aware that that was the case. That seems kind of interesting to me. And, you know, the Capitol still had quite a few barriers up and things. And Mm -hmm. you have to have, you know, a pass ahead of time to be able to get in and watch the floor and things like that. You know, it must be interesting to be Congress and be able to go spend everybody's money and keep people away from you while you're doing, yeah. while you're spending their money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, that seems a little bit wrong to me, but yeah. you know, I will say I was about 300 yards away from the Capitol building when they got rid of Mr. McCarthy as yeah. speaker up there. Did and you I have thought, anything uh, to do with that, Jake? Well, Did you, you know, just go I do, there? Yeah. I do what I can when okay. I can, you know, but uh, no, it was, it was definitely kind of surreal to be, I got the news of that, and I looked to my left, and the Capitol building was right there. I was like, that just happened, like, right there. It was a little bit of an interesting moment for me. Yeah, it was a great trip for you, Jake, and you were mentioning about some of the things that really sort of moved you, and one was the place where the archives are, where the Declaration of Independence is. Yeah, for me, that was probably the most impactful experience that I had there. They have what's called the Rotunda, and you go inside where they have the Declaration, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, the original documents uh, on display. And so because of the ink that we used 200, 300 years ago, light tends to make it fade and become illegible. And so they have the room set up to where there's very little light, maybe 30% of a normal room lighting and no direct light. So you're not allowed to take pictures or anything, and you walk in Mm -hmm. and It's kind of a a half circle, if you will. And so on the wall, really big above the Constitution, it says the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States, and the Bill of Rights uh, etched into the stone. And right below that, there's two armed guards with two big American flags standing in front of where the Constitution is. And there was something about that scene. You know, the, the documents themselves were incredible, but there was something about seeing these armed guards there that says that freedom is worth defending. It's right. worth fighting for. It's worth defending at gunpoint if necessary. Right. And I think, you know, especially in a fairly liberal area, right, who are mostly anti-gun and everything, they still had armed guards in front of the Constitution. And I thought that said a lot. I pulled my son back and after we had looked at the documents and I, I stood back and had him look at what I was looking at and we kind of looked at the wall and looked at where the Constitution was and I said, you know, that's um, that was that was a good moment for us. Well, what a great experience for Trevor too and I understand that you went to the Vietnam Memorial and there's a place there where the two walls intersect and tell the story you put Trevor where the two intersected. Yeah, I just I just kind of had him walk down there and I had him look to his left and had him look to his right and, you know, was telling him, and I've told him many times before, but freedom is not free. Right. And it's something that we have to defend and that we have to keep at the forefront of our minds lest it be taken away from us. And there's a lot of people that paid with their lives to get us to this point. And I think there's a lot of people who don't seem to remember that. And mm-hmm. so I want to make sure he doesn't forget that. And he was he was very, very moved by that, too. You know, a lot of right. people had their service medals laid out in front of the people's names or flowers or whatever. Right. But yeah, that was that was also a very good, good. Ex- I mean, I don't know if good experience is the right word, but it was right. a, an impactful experience. And we went to the Holocaust Museum, which was a similar, not a fun experience, I wouldn't say, but a very important experience. And we went to the Museum of Natural History, went to the American History Museum, went to a lot of places. But overall, it was really really a pretty good uh, experience apart from paying for food in the hotel. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is a very expensive place to be, but I think everybody should go to Washington, D.C. to get that experience. But the one building, I didn't ask you about this, did you go by the IRS building and was there this sort of this vibe coming off? the building that was sort of like, ooh. You know, I know we were not too far from it, but yeah. we did not go to the building there. Uh, I happened to cross the front of that and I go, oh, I feel a little, uh, there's a little chills. And I turned around, oh my gosh, it's the IRS building. I try to stay away from evil where I can. <laughs> anyway, Frank Capra did that movie, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, 1939. It resonates here around 80 years later. It's an election season reminder that indeed democracy does matter. Matter. We're talking with Randy Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We're glad to have you along with us here on this Saturday morning. Let's talk a little politics here in this early part of the program here. RFK has thrown his hat in the ring as an independent. What do you make of that? 
Well, you know, we always hate to see the tickets split. You know, we don't want to become like some places in Europe where they have 15,000 parties and Mm -hmm. nobody with any power ever really gets in to do anything or anybody that has what I would say any support from the majority of people or, you know, it's just one of those things where we we hate to see that, you know, the Ross Perot thing back years ago. I mean, Jake, how old were you when Ross Perot decided to split the ticket? I believe I was eight years old. That was the first, that was the first election that I remember watching. I was at a friend's house, and mm-hmm. I remember watching the election results come in, and I remember Dad not being too happy about it, <laughs> you know. And you know, I think Ross Perot ended up with like 19% of the popular vote, and mm. most of those votes came from the Republican side, and really made Bill Clinton the next eight years president. And you know, I'm afraid that that could happen again today with RFK because you know I think he's more conservative than he's willing to admit, and I think that most of the people that like him are more on the conservative side. And I almost wonder if that's why he's doing it, because he's not a very big fan of Donald Trump. But, you know, if it was Bernie Sanders running as an independent with Joe Biden, I'd be I'd be happy as a clam, you know, because yep. that would basically ensure that we have a Republican president. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm given that it's him. I'm a little bit cautiously looking at that because I think we just cannot afford four more years of Biden. No, we just cannot no. afford that. I mean, and I think, you know, this past week with Israel and everything else is showing that, you know, he's he is clearly not up to this task. And so, so far to this point, you know, the stakes have been not low, but relatively low. But the stakes are getting much higher very quickly here. And I think we have to have a leader that will lead. Yeah, he did throw a barbecue, though. I mean, okay. Well, that's, I'm, that's something, I guess. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> We're talking with Randy Jake Floyd here at Floyd Financial Group. We've been talking about current events and, of course, Jake's trip to Washington, D.C. We've got a lot going on on today's show, so we invite you to stay with us. Based on our conversation today, if you would like to get in and sit down and talk with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group about your individual journey to retirement, we are offering at no cost, no obligation, and no judgment a Floyd Financial Group Retirement Review. You can get yours by calling 417-889-7233. It's 417-889-7233. Again, no cost and no obligation for that. And remember, it's not going to cost you a dime, but it could uncover some blind spots that when addressed may help you improve your quality of life in retirement with longevity these days that could last 30 years. Once again, no cost, no obligation. Most importantly, there is no judgment. Randy and Jake will meet you where you are. To get your retirement review, once again, 417-889-7233. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. Time for a break, gentlemen. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation. We'll talk about the Speaker of the House and other things that are going on in our country and around the world that affect us. As our show continues here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready for another helping of some more real money talk? Thought so. Now, here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your hosts, Randy and Jake Floyd with Jeff Shea. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be continuing to talk about some current events, you know, the things that are happening all around that people are wondering about. And we'll give you kind of our take and opinion based on experience. And Randy, I get a lot of my current event news from looking at news feeds on my computer, and it occurred to me that when I look at these things, I'll, you know, look for a particular topic, and I'll see somebody with one opinion on that who is supposedly an expert in the field, and then I'll flip the page, and there's somebody else who's also an expert in the field who has a 180-degree opposite view. And it's really hard to tell who is right. What do you make of this when these are supposedly experts and they have totally differing opinions? That's a really good question. And I had some people in yesterday, and we actually talked about this very thing, that we have all this data that we have to crunch and we have to look at on a daily basis. And you can look back and learn from history. You know, history doesn't exactly repeat itself, but you can certainly learn a lot from history. And then Mm -hmm. also you can look at, okay, so when interest rates are rising, what does that generally mean? That means that the price of bonds is probably going down and people are selling for less than they paid. 
when the stock market, you know, is bottoming out, what does that mean? It might mean that we're about to have a, are you ready, a recession because the Ooh. stock market's a leading indicator in most cases. But, you know, then you have this thing where, you know, we had Israel come into the picture earlier this week. You know, you just never know what shoe might drop next. So even though we have all this conventional wisdom of where we've looked backwards in time and saw what happened and what the cause and effect was, you know, there's just so many moving pieces to this thing that it's something you have to be on and looking at every single day. The other thing is we talked about the fact that we can't get emotional about money and investing. Mm. And we sat back, I mean, Jake and I will sit back here and we'll go, okay, so this happened. So what does that potentially mean? And it may mean two or three things. Yeah, but then we have this pulling on us from this angle. So that's going to affect that. So that probably means that, you know, so it's, it's one of those things that, again, everybody sits down, they crunch the numbers, they have their own take. And then the other thing I would say is when you're watching the news and the media, you have to realize that those people have an axe to grind. So if you've got a big hedge funder who's short a lot of things, mm-hmm. he's got an axe to grind. Or if you've got a guy that, there's some guys, we call them the permabulls, the guy that think that always things are going to go up. We've got to remember they have an axe to grind. But somewhere in the middle is the truth. Well, you also have all these advertisers, right, that want the news media to say what they want them to say, and then and to reward them, they will advertise on their station. Yes. So like a CNN says what they say because they have Coke and Woke Inc. and everybody else, you know, wanting to advertise there, and they want to make sure that it says what they want it to say. However, I will say that some of the more woke companies out there have been kind of going back on what they said. If you go on, you know, X, which was what used to be Twitter, Disney was out there advertising their new shows and everything, Mm -hmm. which they were like one of the first ones to pull out and say, hey, we're not going to advertise on this because it's too controversial, yada, yada, yada. You know, it's interesting how everything is just kind of backwards. Employers are begging employees to work, not the other way around. You have advertisers dictating what the channel should do. Just everything is just backwards. And I think that eventually that backwardation will right itself. Yes. And when it does, things will start to get good again, and there will be a lot of money to be made when that happens. Yeah, well, you've really got to follow the money, and as you said, advertising drives everything, and in today's environment, there's a very distinct lack of unbiased news. I mean, back in the day when Randy and I were young, of course, Walter Cronkite, the most trusted man in America. Come on TV and talk about that's the way it was, or that's the way it is, and all that sort of thing. And that's the way it was. That's the way it is, and that's the way it was. But anyway, Walter Cronkite, and supposedly that was was unbiased and of course you know in the other channels you had remember the Huntley Brinkley report too oh yeah <laughs> Chet Huntley and David Brinkley yeah but today news is uh, they're really just opinion pieces and they're driven by advertising so you have to remember that and really I think today you have to take as much information as you can but you really have to be responsible for your own decisions and your own direction I would imagine that that has got to be difficult for the average layperson and that's why they really need your help. Well, two things about that, I would say, Jeff. You know, number one, we've told the story about where the guy got his new motor home and put a, this has been years ago, he put the dish on the side and right. told me, he says, hey, I got my computer, my laptop inside. I can connect to the internet now and I can trade stocks wherever I go. And his wife said, I'm not going with you. So <laughs> number one, maybe you don't want to just always be involved in day-to-day wringing your hands and wondering what's going to happen. That's not retirement. So, or no. I don't think it is, but. So the other side of that is we're here and we do this every day for a living and it's a responsibility and it's really quite personal for myself as well as Jake, more so maybe than it is for some advisors. I'm not saying that it's not for all advisors, but you know, we kind of built this company from the ground up. And so it's very important to us that we take care of our clients, our clients' families and all that. So we've tried to build a really a really well-rounded practice and have all the pieces that people need for retirement, estate planning, taxes, all the different things, you know. So, you know, if you don't want to be just involved day to day managing your money and stuff so that you can't focus on visiting and traveling and seeing your family and, and enjoying the retirement, then you need to hire somebody, you know, like us to maybe help you do that. The other side of that is You're going to have to really go to school for a while to learn which levers to pull based on what's happened. And based on what happened yesterday, will the market give us a knee-jerk reaction for a day, for a month, for six months, or will it be nothing? 
Because sometimes things happen, you go, man, that's going to that's gonna be catastrophic. That's going to be precipitous. And then it's not. It just gets brushed off. So you've got to be on this day-to-day, and you got to be looking at it all the time. And, you know, that's what we do here. And, you know, Jake's been working with me here for 17 years. And so yeah. it's in his blood. It's kind of second nature to him now. In fact, he can't hardly go a day without texting me and say, hey, Dad, did you see what happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's not my first day out of the house after 17 years. (laughs) And I'm amazed, though. I mean, when I talk to you guys, you guys are always looking at what's happening in the market, trends and so forth. You're really so involved with the information that's coming out and digesting what's coming out. You really do have a ground floor approach to interpreting all of this data. And as my dad used to say, you run your railroad and I'll run mine, meaning that I need to do what I need to do, but I'm going to let you do what you do because we both do our job jobs the best that we can do. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about the uh, media and we're talking about the emotional decisions that people make about money and the 180 degree different views that people have on things. Let's talk about recession. I see some people say, well, we're in a recession. We've been in a recession for the last couple of years. Others say, well, it's going to be a soft landing. And then yet others say it's going to be a hard landing. The worst is yet to come. I mean, what is really the truth about that as far as the data goes and what you have seen? Well, I think we're starting to see some cracks. Okay, number one, we got a trillion dollars in credit card debt. In 2013, they paid about 13% annual interest on that stuff. Now they're paying 22. Mm. So people are paying $220 billion a year in interest on credit cards right now, which is crazy. But we're about to come to the end of that gravy train. We're also seeing now, you know, with all the stuff that's going on in labor with all these strikes and everything, I saw an article earlier this week that Samsung is going to miss their numbers really big. And Samsung, you know, know, it's not the player it probably used to be in electronics and things and in appliances, but it's still a pretty good sized company. So we're starting to see some cracks, which really, if you think about it, it's probably just about time based on the fact that the market we always talk about is a leading indicator of what's to come, right? So the market's been down in 2022. It's tried to rally back, you know, through uh, 2023 here and has come most of the way back. But really over the last two years, we've been flat. If you just draw a line from point A to point B, uh, October, of 21 to October of 2023, the market is basically flat. We haven't really made any money there. Interest rates, Jerome Powell has pushed those up. So if you had started back in March of 2022, when he first started to pump up interest rates, if you had started investing in fixed income there, you might have made three or 4% over the last 18 months there. You know, right now you can make five, five and a quarter, five and a half percent in money market accounts. So people are putting a lot of money there. But I will say this. I think that the market has already probably priced in a lot of what we think is to come. And if the market is a 6 to 12 to 14 month leading indicator, we may be seeing that the market may be on the way up while the economy is on its way down. And this is a normal trend, not something that's abnormal. Well, I'm taking a very conservative stance with my money. I mean, I'm not spending any money that I don't have. Certainly, I'm not using credit cards. I cash flow everything. If I can't cash flow it, then I just don't need it. And I am preparing for the worst. But that is me individually. As an individual person, I'm erring on the side of safety. Here we are in the fourth quarter. We have an election cycle coming up. We don't know whether we're in a recession, not in a recession. You're saying that we're seeing some cracks. Blanket statement. And I know that we don't like to make really blanket statements because everybody is an individual. But what do you see or what would you recommend for the fourth quarter here and the coming year, considering all the things that we're in at this point in time in the world and in this country? Sure. So it depends on where you are in the cycle of things. If you're between five and 10 years from retirement, you need to stay invested, keep funding your 401k. And, you know, over the long haul, if you look back over our shoulder the last 40 years, nothing has outperformed the S&P 500, the broad stock market. I would say keep investing your 401k, keep your head down and keep going. If you're closer than that to retirement, we need to make sure that we're not over risking ourselves. We need to really sit down, develop a plan that's going to be able to give you the income and things that you're going to need for retirement, but at the same time, put in some safety nets that if the worst happens, you're not going back to work or not able to live. So, you know, depending on where you are in that cycle, always determines what kind of a portfolio we put together. If I had to prognosticate, right? Kind of like the groundhog, right? Yeah. <laughs> Punk's a tawny fill. Yeah. That's right. Who's if a, I had to prognosticate, <laughs> unless we have some ma- other major shoes to drop, I think the market will hold up and be slightly higher by year end. However, I could be wrong. 
That's right. You know, there's just too many things that can happen based on politics here, all the geopolitical stuff that's going on around the world right now. Uh, it's really hard to say, as it always is. Puxatani Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of prognosticators, <laughs> definitely sees his shadow. <laughs> that is right. Punxsutawney <laughs> Phil, I mean, it's a fun thing to do, not exactly uh, accurate all the time, not necessarily based on science, but I know, again, they're Floyd Financial Group. You guys are crunching the data every single day and doing the best that you can to make sure that your clients are on a solid path towards retirement. Listening to the program today, you like Randy and Jake, you like what they have said, their ideas align with yours. If you've got questions, we invite you to call Randy and Jake. Request your complimentary retirement review. It's just a friendly conversation between you, Randy, and Jake that'll cover a wide range of topics based on your individual situation so that you can proactively adjust your financial plan to address your retirement journey and any blind spots that you might have. Now, again, there's no cost and there is no obligation. It certainly there is no judgment. Randy and Jake will meet you where you are for this consultation. That number again, 417-889-7233. It's 417-889-7233. Get in and get your plan. Again, no cost, no obligation, no judgment. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. We're going to take a break here on Show Me the Money. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the route the U.S. Treasury. It's now the worst bond bear market of all time. That and more when our show continues here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good, because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpas, Randy and Jake Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about treasury bills, bonds, all those things that people go, what is a bond anyway, Randy? (laughs) Well, I've got a pretty good idea of what a bond is as opposed to the stock market. And of course, I've always heard that the bond market is a bigger sector than the stock market. But I'm looking at a headline here as it relates to bonds that says the ongoing treasury route ranks as the deepest bond bear market in the 246 seven-year history of the U.S., according to Bank of America. So let's start there with that particular statement and break it down from there, Randy. All right. So basically, Jeff, what we look at is, you know, if we look back over our shoulder in 1981, the 10-year Treasury bill. So what is a 10-year Treasury bill? That's where you give our government your money for 10 years. They agree to pay you an interest rate flat all the way through there. And in 1981, the 10-year Treasury bill yielded 15 plus percent. So that means if you had a million dollars in Treasury bills, you'd collect $150,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good return on your money. Yeah. Starting then from 1981, running over oh, about 40 years to August of 2020, that same instrument was yielding 0.53 in wow. August of 2020. Now, that was really great times for the bond market. In fact, there was a guy at a place called PEMCO, that's Pacific Income Management Company, that basically he made his chops on the fact that he became what's known as the bond guru, which really didn't mean anything except for the fact that... the bond king. Yeah, the bond king, excuse me, the bond king. And he really didn't know anything. He had perfect timing, though, because as interest rates fall, any bond that you own becomes worth more money. Now, why would that be? So if I have a bond that pays 15%, Jeff, and maybe I'm five years into it and I got five years left on it, because it's a 10-year commitment, and the current rates are eight, my bond is worth more because it pays more. And so people will pay a premium to buy that bond today. So for 40 years, we had a bull bond market because interest rates were falling. Now that interest rates are rising, the opposite is true. So think about this. If I had bought a bond back when they were paying 0.53, and let's say that the actual coupon or what that bond actually paid was maybe 1% or 2%. And now short-term bonds are paying 4 and 5%. What do you think is happening to the value of my bond? It's going down now because nobody wants a 1% or 2% bond when they can buy a 5% bond. So the routing in bonds right now relates to this, that people are liquidating treasuries and bonds, which are debt instruments that they've had, at less than what they paid for them to get free of them to go someplace else which pushes yields up. 
So basically, people are losing money to get out of the bonds they currently own to go either to the stock market, go to a bank CD, a money market account, uh, or maybe even just a new corporate bond. But it is kind of a rough time right now. That does not mean, though, however, that there's not going to be some good times potentially for bonds looking forward because one day Jerome Powell will start to reduce interest rates. One day, okay. (laughs) And when that time comes along, there will be some opportunity in bonds because these people that own these 5% and 4% bonds today, as rates go down and you've got bonds that pay more than the current rate, those bonds are going to get propped up just like they did from 1981 through, through August of 2020. Those bonds are going to appreciate and pay even more than what the interest rates would be, most likely, short term. And then when that happens, there will be people that will be ready to take that appreciation, short term, jump out and go back to the stock market. Why? Because people are going to be looking to take on risk assets again, because as rates go down, it's going to push them back over to risk assets, i.e. the market, to make more money to live in retirement and just get a better return on their investment. Early in the program, we were talking about headlines here, and I'm going to tell you a headline that I am looking at here as it relates to our conversation. The slumping asset class could become attractive to investors in 2024 with bonds a contender to become the year's by the humiliation trade. Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of truth to that. I mean, if you, you know, we talk a lot about in our client meetings that we don't really think there's bad asset classes. We think there's bad timing to be in those asset classes potentially. But any great route, whether it's real estate or the stock market or, uh, in this case, the bond market, every great route breeds the opportunity of a generation on the backside of it. And Mm -hmm. so I don't think bonds are any different. The question is, are we there right now? Or does it have another year or two before it really gets to the end here? And that's the the $70 trillion question, as it were. But in any case, I think that if we get this recession, you know, it will signal to Mr. J. Powell that it's time to make money printing great again. I don't know if If, that'll fit on a hat, actually. (laughs) If you think about it, Jeff, really the interest rates and the bond routing, if you will, is what's causing a lot of the bank's issues. Because, you know, what, what do banks do? Banks typically borrow money from either the Federal Reserve or they borrow money from their clients in the form of CDs, money market accounts, savings accounts, that sort of thing. Then they go out and they leverage that and loan it out to guys like you and I at a higher interest rate than they're paying to get that money, right? And then, you know, when the Fed comes along and really sweetens the pot on interest rates and these banks are holding assets where they have lower rates that they bought in bonds earlier, and that money loaned out, and then the client comes in and says, hey, we'd like to have all of our money so we can go down and get some of this 5% interest rather than this 0.20 you've been paying us, right? Then the bank has to go and potentially sell some of those underlying bond assets that have been devalued, like we just talked about, and that's why they're coming up short and banks are failing in some cases, and that's why the FDIC and the Fed is having to come in and rescue these banks. So, you know, I feel like we've got to be getting pretty close to the top of the interest rate hike thing. We got to figure out how to get productive again to get inflation under control. I think that's the biggest thing we have to do. People need to wake up and let's get to work. Make America productive again. There you go. No, I think that'll fit on a hat. I'm going to work on that. We're talking with Randy Jake Floyd here, Floyd Financial Group. We're talking about the bond market. We're talking about inflation, making America productive again on our program, Show Me the Money. Once again, questions or comments about our program, 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You mentioned inflation there. We were under 4%. It appears that we're going the other direction. What's your take on that? Yeah, so, you know, with the PPI going up, which translates uh, ultimately to the CPI, you know, we think that probably in November, and again, this is conjecture on our part at this point, but I think it's probably, I think, baked in the cake that Jerome is going to have to raise interest rates one more time and another quarter point most likely, which will then mean that there will probably be 5.5, money market opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of retirees that will hang on to that for as long as they can until they see some significant change in interest rates, at which time, of course, if they own some bonds, they're going to be able to make out like a bandit, make some more money other than the interest they're going to collect, plus go back to the market and get ready to run up the other side, which we will get through this and we will have a good growing stock market again. I don't know exactly what the time is, but we will 
over the next year to two for sure. I'm not really a gambler, but if I was a gambler, I would say that in two years from now, we will definitely be setting new highs in the market. Well, as you say, Randy, hopefully we're going to be uh, in high cotton in a couple of years. Talking with Randy and Jake here of Floyd Financial Group, talking about the bond market and talking about inflation. So what you're saying is that there very well could be another interest rate hike here this fall from Jerome Powell. Positives and negatives to these interest rate hikes. Uh, The negative would be that interest rates and things like home loans and credit cards, I mean, can they go any higher? Well, they can certainly go higher. I mean, I remember when I got my first home in 1983, we got a 10 and a quarter percent interest rate and thought we had died and gone to heaven because everybody else was paying 14 and 15. Right. (laughs) But I mean, proportionately, were houses less expensive then than they are today? I believe so, Jeff. I think I was reading somewhere the other day that today the average revolving debt, if you will, or debt that makes that people have to make payments on each month are now uh, up to 36% of their income. And yeah. I think back 20 years ago, it was like 25%. Well, when you figure the, you know, the, the price of houses and uh, mortgage interest rates going up, I mean, there are people who, uh, you know, need to sell a house for one reason or another. They've got to downsize or maybe one spouse has passed away or maybe uh, both parties have passed away and the children want to sell the house and these houses are sitting on the market for longer and longer periods of time and now I am regularly seeing in some parts of the country housing reductions of 10, 20, even $30,000. I saw one high-priced house that had been reduced by $100,000. So these high interest rates are really having quite an effect on the housing market. I mean, the number of home loans that are written these days are way, way down. The housing market, how does that really affect the entire economy? Well, you know, it affects everything, Jeff. And here's one thing I was going to kind of interject here. There's a show that my wife loves to watch on TV called Unsaleable Houses. Have you seen that? I have seen that. Yeah, just one. I'm sitting in a doctor's office. They always have those on for some reason. Right. So there's these twins twin ladies that have this show and they live up in the Seattle area believe it or not is where they are from up there Mm -hmm. and they're always talking about Snohomish and and around that area up in there and what they do is they're realtors but they go in and put their own money into these homes to build them out and fix them up so they can sell them and then anything they get over what the owner was asking as an asking price they split it with the owner so they may go in they may have a house that's five hundred thousand dollars they're going to put a hundred thousand dollars into it and sell it you know they were selling for seven ninety five eight ninety five they had one that they thought was worth eight hundred that brought a million two yeah but all of a sudden their show has ended <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. because what what they what happened was they kept finding that the housing prices were going down 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 and they, I guess they couldn't get a return on their investment <laughs> so well so yeah sad. and they were talking about the fact that you know prices were high interest yeah. rates were high and the fact that they couldn't get the price for some of these houses. The comps were not worth what they were. And for a while, they were just kind of writing their own comps. They'd just go in there and say, well, you know, I think we ought to ask this. And then yep. they would get it, you know, or they'd have third, they had one, they had 32 offers on this house oh and gosh. they got to pick through which one they wanted. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming to an end. And as that comes to an end, that's going to affect all industry. Every flipper's a genius when everything's going straight up, just like there's a million day traders out there when the market's going straight up. But whenever, <laughs> whenever it comes back, to its senses a little bit. Everybody has to go find a job. We're talking with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. If you're interested in our conversation here, you want to get in and sit down with Randy and Jake and talk about your own individual situation, whether or not you own real estate, that's one thing, or just your path to retirement. You want to make sure that it is as smooth as it can be. We're offering a no cost, no obligation, and no judgment Floyd Financial Group retirement review. And you can get yours by calling 417-889-7233. Go ahead and make that call this weekend, 417-889-7233. 7233. It's just a friendly conversation between you and Randy and Jake that'll put you on a firm path towards retirement. Get your questions answered, as I said, with no cost, no obligation, and certainly no judgment. Randy and Jake will meet you where you are. Again, it is 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. And when we come back, gentlemen, we're going to talk more in depth about what this consultation is all about when our show continues here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money because we're back with more straight talk and honest answers with Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, and Jeff Shea 
Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy and Jake. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about what kind of concerns people sometimes. What's it going to look like when I come in to see you, Randy? What's really going to happen? And do I need to be leery of that? No, I don't think you need to be leery at all, Randy, (laughs) unless you have something in mind that I don't really know about. Every week, we do tell people to call 417-889-7233 and come in for the no cost, no obligation, no judgment financial review. So I thought in this segment, we would remind people what that consists of because I've discovered that the biggest fear is the unknown. So let's demystify this a little bit. I remember a conversation and I want you to relate this again about a lady who came in. She sat down with you and she was lovely and you just visited a little bit until at some point in time it got down to talking about money. (laughs) Yeah, I will never forget that. We were sitting there and we were just having a great conversation. And she actually had either her mom or somebody else with her. And I said, well, I guess we probably should, you know, get down to what we actually were meeting here to talk about. And she says, so we have to talk about scary money stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Why do you think money was so scary to her, though? You know, it hit me right then and there that, you know, I think maybe a lot of people have that feeling because, you know, we don't do a very good job in this country as a whole educating people in finance. And, you know, like I said earlier today, you know, on the show, a lot of people really don't know. If if I said, hey, tell me the difference in a stock and a bond, a lot of people wouldn't know. Or tell me about your mutual fund. What is that actually? And they say, well, that's a no-risk investment, right? Well, no, not really, you know. Mm -hmm. So our job is to really help educate people and take the scary out of scary money stuff. And I think it's just the fact that they, we just haven't done a very good job of teaching people through our educational system. So part of what we do uh, when people come in is exactly that. We want to help them be educated to the point they want to be educated to. One guy told me one time, he said, Randy, he says, don't try to feed steak to a goldfish. He said, it's, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work out, you know, yeah. for you or the goldfish. <laughs> right, know? right. But what I want to do is meet people where they are. And so I think as I run through kind of what it looks like to come and see us, these five steps that we talk about, I think it will help give people a comfort level that really what we're here to do is help them to have a better understanding of what does your 401k and all your savings and social security, what does all that really add up to and how can we build that up into a sustainable uh, income that can support a lifestyle for you all your years in retirement. And I want people to remember that Randy said, meet you where you are. As we've said many times, there is no judgment here. It's an opportunity for you to meet someone who really does care about your financial future. So let's talk about those five steps. Someone calls 417 7233. They'll get the lovely Ashley on the other end of the line. She'll take some basic information. She'll set up an appointment with either you or Jake. What is the first step? Yeah, so the first step is, you know, when they come in, they're going to see Ashley, like you said, and she's going to get them coffee or water or some soda or pop, depending on where you come from, (laughs) (laughs) whether you call it that. We always called it pop around here, but I think up north it's soda, right? So anyway, uh, we'll get you whatever, whatever you'd like there, and we'll just go in and we'll sit down, and we'll just really do the first step, which is discovery. We just want to learn about people. We want to learn about what's important to them, you know, where they've been, learn about their family a little bit, and how they see retirement. Because, you know, for some people, retirement is simply they want to go home and just not have to have a schedule anymore because they've had one for 50 years, right? right? Or the other person might say, you know what? I want to drink coffee in the morning out back and I want to watch my cattle through the fence or my horses through the fence. Other people, some people say, I want to go run triathlons for the next five years cruises, whatever it is, but everybody's a little bit different in that area. And that's okay. I mean, everybody has what they like. And so we want to learn that and see what it is that people want to do. And through the discovery process, they also get to ask us some questions. And we try to give them some good information about us as to how do we work? What's the inner workings of Floyd Financial Group and what can we help them with? And we'll talk about fees. You know, what does it cost to be invested here with us? And and how does all that work? And so we'll never put a thumb on somebody and say, okay, you know, you're going to do business with us or not. You know, we're sick and tired of this. Never. It's never that. We know that we have to meet people where they are and then walk them through the process because they only retire generally once in a lifetime. We help people retire every week. 
Well, I want to point out, too, and reiterate that the discovery process is not necessarily discovering how much money you have, but it is a friendly conversation to discover who you are, what your hopes, your dreams, your your goals, your visions for the rest of your life is going to be, and then try to design a plan that will meet those goals based on what you have. So once you have discovered what your clients are all about, what their goals for the future is, what is the next step? So then the next step is we kind of know about them and what they're trying to accomplish. And we want to look at and see what they have to work with. So we're going to look at, you know, what's Social Security going to look like for you guys? We have to figure out when we're going to start Social Security. We have to figure out kind of when we're planning to do this actual retirement event. Is it two years, five years, one year? Did you do it last month before you came to see me? Which happens sometimes, and that's great. No big deal. But we want to analyze where people are and really figure out what we have to work with so that we can go then about going to the next step, step three, which is the planning process. Okay, so discovery, then you analyze what someone has, and then the next step, as you said, is going to be the planning process. So once you have all of that data, how do you go about the planning process, and how is the client involved with that? Sure. So basically, through discovery and analysis, we kind of know what they're expecting from their retirement. We know what they want to do. We've already established a budget not that we're trying to, you know, screw somebody down and just put you on a strict budget. It's not right. about that. What we want to know is this is what you plan to do. Let's attach some cost to that. Let's see what our basic bills are each month. And then what do we want for fun money? Because I don't know about you, Jeff, you know, in retirement, I want to have some fun, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so whatever that is for them, we need to know what that is. And that goes into the planning process. We also are going to look at how comfortable are they with risk? How much risk do they need to take actually. So that's part of the whole planning process. And it's not something where we go, okay, here's the plan, take it or leave it. We're done. No, it's kind of a process where we bring them back in, we sit down, we go through what the planning process based on the information we've gathered and gleaned so far. And then from there, we may have to change and tweak that a little bit to really make it fit. And so it's a, it's more of an open discussion with a plan. And then from there, we probably, we always make modifications to that planning process. And then finally, you know, we will end up at an end result where people say, okay, now that makes sense. So what's next? And what's next, I would imagine, once you've discovered, you've analyzed, you've planned, then let's get into the implementation aspect of this. How does that work? Sure. And so implementation is one of those things where depending on how old someone is, it's very different or where they are in their retirement journey. So let's talk about uh, if you come in and you're 55 and you're saying, I'm going to retire at 62, the implementation of that program is much different than if you come in and you're already retired or you're past 59 and a half. The reason 59 and a half is an important age is because at that point in time, I can move all all my retirement funds around to where I want them and reposition them either for safety, additional growth, or for income. So depending on where they are in there, the implementation phase is a little bit different. But let's say that you're just about to retire or you're past 59 and a half. What we're going to do is start positioning out assets, making sure we're invested properly and investing enough to finish up, maybe pay off some debt and that sort of thing. But we're going to walk everybody through the implementation process, help them do all the paperwork, help them move all the monies around, that sort of thing, whatever's appropriate. And we're going to make it easy for them to do all that because we've done it thousands and thousands of times at this point. And if someone has another advisor, we know breaking up is hard to do. How do you help people with that aspect of this? Yeah, depending on, you know, what they want to do, we can help with what I would call maybe a breakup letter where basically it just says, hey, thank you for all your service in the past. It's been valued. We've appreciated it. But we're in the next phase now, retirement, and this is what we're doing. And then finally, it's the follow-up. I would imagine that once you've done all this, it's not a set it and forget it. How often do you follow up or how often should people follow up with you? Yeah, so that varies quite a bit. What I generally do when I have people in, maybe we've set up their plan, we've moved the money around, we've gotten them retired, we've set up their income stream. We're going to set a 90-day meeting out just so that we can have them back in in 90 days and see how things are going, see how they're settling into their budget, talk to them about their finances and how things are going based on what's happening with the market and with interest rates and all that so that we just keep in contact and there's no surprises and everything runs smoothly. And then from each meeting, we will schedule our next meeting. For some people, that's six months. For some people, it's the next 90 days. For some people, after they've been with us a a period of time, they only want to see us one time a year unless there's something we need that's special or different. Or they'll call in and say, hey, you know, Randy, I'm thinking about buying a new car. I need a little money for a down payment, or should I pay for it? Or with zero interest, should I just make a payment? And if so, I need to up my monthly income a little bit so I can make this car payment 
or whatever it might be, Jeff. But the idea is we want to stay in contact with people, make sure they're comfortable with what's going on with their money and they understand what's happening. No surprises is what it amounts to. So the five steps of this consultation are discovery, analysis, planning, implementation, and follow-up. Randy, I would think that a lot of people listening to the program, you have so much knowledge and really you're talking about such high-level things that they think, well, I've got to have probably a million, couple million, two, three million dollars in order to get benefit from Randy and Jake. Is that true? No, that is not true at all. Again, we like to meet people where they are. We know that realistically, sometimes if people aren't as blessed with a large nest egg, it's more important than ever that they have some good guidance through retirement. So in other words, you can talk about such basic things as, you know, Medicare and Advantage plans and when to take Social Security, just the basic things? Absolutely, we can. And we can, you know, give them the logic behind it and help them make the choice. You know, we always want to give people choice and options that they understand and let them ultimately make the choice. Because after all, guess what, Jeff? It is their money and their retirement. How soon should people come to see you? Let's say that, uh, well, you know, here it's 2023 and they're saying, well, I want to retire in 2026. I mean, is that too soon to come in and see you? Absolutely not. I would say this, if you're within five years of retirement or even 10, it is never too early to see if you're on track. And so what we would do is part of this discovery and analysis process is that if you're 50 and you're saying, hey, I want to retire at 62, we need to see what track you're on and see if you're on track to get there. And also we'll look at today's dollars and say, hey, this is what you're spending now. Will you have your house paid off? Will you require a little less money now? Let's look at what's going to happen in today's dollars. And then we can extrapolate that forward with a little bit of inflation in there to say, okay, based on your investing and what you have saved so far and looking forward, yep, you're going to be on track to pull the trigger and retire like you want to. Or we may say, you know what, you need a little bit more savings. Or we may say, hey, you're good to go earlier than that if you want to. And that does happen from time to time. Randy, if someone wants to retire at the end of the year, is it too late for them to see you? No, we can do it. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. That is the five-step retirement process here with Randy Floyd of Floyd Financial Group and also Jake Floyd. Once again, we talk about this every week on the radio program. If you like what you have heard, you want to be met where you are. You don't have to have millions of dollars. You just have to be willing to put in a little time with Randy and Jake to uh, get on a path to retirement that could last 30 years. That number, 417-889-7233. Once again, there is no cost. There is no obligation. Obligation. There is no judgment. Why not make that call this weekend? 417-889-7233 to request your retirement review. You can also do it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. It's floydfinancialgroup.com. I want to thank everybody for joining us here, Randy. We're out of time for this week and have a great weekend, everybody, in this great part of the country that we live in. For Randy Floyd, Jake Floyd, I'm Jeff Shade. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KF. SGF, where Springfield comes to talk. The information provided in the preceding program is for educational purposes only and are not intended as investment advice for any individual or entity. All information contained herein believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representations as to its completeness or accuracy. The opinions expressed are subject to change without notice and do not constitute financial, legal, or tax advice. Please consult your financial professional before executing any financial strategy. Financial planning offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC, an investment advisor registered in the state of Missouri.